Well, you're not going to find revenge in early May, but nevertheless, it would still feel really good to take a series from the Astros. The first of four ALDS rematches gets underway tonight at T-Mobile Park, and we got you covered on all you need to know here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, May 5th, 2023. This is Tidying Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon by scanning the QR code that's right above my head. The link as well as our social accounts is also in the description of this episode. And on this episode, we'll get you set for the first of four regular season series between the Mariners and the Astros. Yeah, that's right. Their first matchup since the ALDS. But first, Colby, we have news to talk about. Friend of the show, Joe Doyle, who broke the news of Bryce Miller's call up, has more news. Took to Twitter last night to report that Mariners relief pitching prospect, Juan Ten, who initially was with the Mariners organization, then got traded to the Yankees, then was brought back in the Edwin Encarnacion deal, is finally making his way to the major leagues. Now, we'll talk about what that means for the rest of the roster and who could ultimately be sent down or if someone's hitting the IL in a second here, but what's your general reaction to Ten making his way up to the majors? It's a little bit of a surprise, uh, to be honest with you. He's only thrown 66 innings since 2019. Obviously, you have the shutdown season, which greatly affects you, uh, his workload. And then uh, he's dealt with some injuries, but he's been in double A. They kept him on the 40 man all last year, which was a bit of a, a bit of a surprise, but they could afford to do it. Um, and he's been OK in the minors and pretty good, but there are some concerns here. So to me, this doesn't scream you know, short term, like we just need a guy for a couple of days uh, because I think if, if that's the case, they would probably call up Matt Festa. Uh, so I don't, I'm not really sure what, what to make of this in terms of a, a long-term roster concern type of thing. Uh, but it is, it is interesting, you know, obviously uh, 10 is not the going to elicit as much excitement as, as Bryce Miller. Um, but he's a solid prospect. Uh solid relief prospect who has some interesting stuff. Uh, there's a bit of deception uh, in his game. Fastball is, you know, 94 to 99, mostly 95, 96. It's got some run on it. Slider actually flashes above average, but there's still some command and concern here. It's, it's probably 40 great command, 45 control. So he'll walk some guys. He'll get behind in counts and, and, his stuff isn't so good that he can afford to make mistakes right in the middle of the plate. But if he's working on the corners, if he's staying out of the middle of the plate, he does have good enough stuff and he throws enough strikes to be a really solid middle innings guy, sixth, seventh inning type. Um, and maybe that's all the Mariners need uh, for a little while or a couple of days. Again, we don't know yet, you know, what the corresponding move is. There's, there's some obvious moves that could be made, but there's also some, some murmurs out there that, there could this is a little more complicated uh it was the exact phrase than 
than we're thinking right now. So we'll wait and see what it is. We probably won't know what, what actually the move is and as you know, until after we're done with today's episode, but just keep an eye out for that. Uh, 10 is, is interesting. Um, he certainly has major league quality stuff. He just has to stay out of the middle of the plate. So by the time that this episode comes out, you'll probably already know what the move is. So we won't linger on this for far too long because we're probably already talking about information that's out there by this point. But what we're hearing right now, as you noted, uh, there are some murmurs uh, going around that uh, a reliever for the Mariners, we don't know who, no one clarified who it was, but there is a reliever that apparently underwent an MRI yesterday in Oakland. Um, It's not expected to result in an IL stint, but it's possible. And it seems at the very least that one of the Mariners relievers is going to be out for a few days but that's the word going around right now we'll see what the case is best case scenario though what we're keeping our fingers crossed for here is 10 just being called up for taylor saucedo who hasn't pitched since the cardinals series i don't think it's been a long time he hasn't pitched in a really long time i don't know if he's pitched the last couple days and i just missed it or blanked out on that but i don't think so so it's been a while for him so uh that would be the most obvious move there in the Mariners bullpen. So, um, Colby, do you want to? <laughs> we we talked about how much Ten has moved around between the uh, the Mariners and the Yankees. I said earlier that he was reacquired in the Edwin Encarnacion deal, but do you know who he was traded to New York for and with? Because he he went to New York along with another prospect. It's a noteworthy prospect. <sighs> All right, let's see. You could probably figure this out. All right, so obviously the Mariners acquired Ben Gamble from the Yankees, but you said that wasn't the trade in a lost recording, let's it. say. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. Notable prospect, right? So this had to be in 2018? I believe, yeah, I believe that was 2018. So then it had to be the Adam Warren trade. Uh, No. It was really nine. okay um so it, it think reliever think reliever you're on the right track think reliever okay um what's this 2018 hold i'm gonna look it up is it are you sure <laughs> uh wow uh wait hold on no wait that's wrong oh it's uh 2017 2017 this happened november 18th 2017 Oh, offseason. I thought it was a deadline deal. Okay. Um, no. So no, not a deadline deal. They would have pitched yeah. in the Mariners' bullpen, you said, in, in 2018 then. Is yes. it, let's see, Ben Gamble, mm-hmm. Mike Ford, mm-hmm. Adam Warren. Mm-hmm. I think I got it. I think I, it's, okay. it's Juan Ten and yep. J.P. Sears <laughs> yes, for Nick Rumbelow, right? For Nick Rubble, yeah. that's correct. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes. I forgot J.P. Sears yep. was with the Mariners for a hot minute there. Okay. Yep. I know you have all that uh, information of the early Depoto years stored somewhere in that just, brain of yours, gotta, that big brain of yours. I got to go through the file cabinet <laughs> in my brain to uh, to get to the right file. But yeah, there were a lot of early trades with the Yankees. Not so much lately. Yep. JP Sears, who owns the Mariners <laughs> through three career starts. He's going to throw right sliders now, down the middle the of the plate. They can't touch it. It's a foolproof yep, plan. Yep. 
Anyways, uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about another pitcher named JP, who's going to be making his major league debut on the opposing side of things for the Houston Astros, who I'm sure is just going to dominate the Mariners this weekend. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about the rest of the series coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you, and for any of you don't want to pay for anymore just hit cancel and rocket money will cancel it for you it's that easy rocket money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off over 3 million people have used rocket money saving the average person up to 720 dollars a year so stop throwing your money away cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb that's rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb you got that Chloe? rocketmoney.com slash locked on mlb you need me to say it any any more times fourth time fifth time sixth time no okay this is a locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for joining us here before the mariners and astros get underway for a uh, really important three game series over this uh this weekend uh, you can catch all the action on the Mariners hometown broadcast on Sirius XM with the SXM app. Check it out. Uh, tonight, the Mariners are debuting their City Connect uniforms. And it's going to be Luis Castillo rocking those bad boys against the Houston Astros. He's going up against the Astros rotation ace Christian Javier. Or maybe it's Framber Valdez. Who would you say is their ace right now? Framber? Javier to me I I like Javier a little bit more than Valdez personally but yeah but it's it's probably it's probably still Framber I would say but all right yeah that's That's kind of a one-two punch over there yeah so tough matchup for the Mariners offense I mean every pitcher is a tough match has proven to be a tough matchup for the Mariners offense right now so it doesn't really matter um Castillo has been still pretty good but not great over his last couple starts uh really struggled to find the strike zone in toronto um i was watching that game from the first baseline so i didn't get to see everything that was going on there you were telling me via text that he got squeezed a couple times uh but still just command not really there not where you want it to be for luis uh so how does he bounce back against this astros offense tonight be better (laughs) <laughs> it's sure. really it's really that okay. simple uh the astros yep. are going to come in with a game plan to pretty much hunt the fastball they have to right you have to sit on the fastball you don't really have a choice you don't really have a chance uh and that's kind of what the last two teams the last two outings have done st louis and uh toronto have really just sat fastball and they've been willing to take sliders and sinkers and change-ups and you know take their chances on him throwing three of those in a row uh, so yeah, he's going to have to extract some more value from the fastball. My guess is the velocity is going to be up a little bit tonight. It's going to be a pretty pa- packed house, you know, and city connect reveal and he's facing the Astros. So I, I think he'll probably be pretty pumped up, but also that means he has to keep himself composed and, and not overthrow, not spike sliders. Like you have to just treat this almost like another game. So for Castillo, it always comes down to the fastball just needs one of them. He either needs the four seamer or the two seamer. And then he just needs an off-speed pitch to go with it. 
uh, and he can really dominate this lineup. It's it's a good Astros lineup, but it's not as good as it has been in the past. Obviously, Altuve is out right now. Um, Chaz McCormick may or may not be back. I haven't seen an update on him. Uh, and obviously, Jose Abreu, their big offseason addition, is really struggling right now. No Michael Brantley. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's those Pena and Bregman and Jordan and Kyle Tucker. Like It's still a very dangerous lineup, but not quite what it was uh, a year ago. So. We'll see Castillo pitch very well against them. We know that, but it's still a good team and, and you're going to have to be a little bit better with your command uh, and you're going to have to extract a little more fastball value than you have out of your last two starts. Um, and, you know, I think tonight is a good night to break out the slider, throw the slider a little bit more um, or the changeup. Like just all Castillo needs is two pitches and he can dominate one of the fastballs, one of the off-speed pitches, and he can dominate this lineup. But it's really going to come down to command and control. He's just he's got to be on the corners a little bit more. Yeah, like you mentioned, this offense really struggling right now. Um, no Altuve, no Brantley, as you mentioned. They only have four guys right now over a uh, WRC plus 100. Uh, one of those guys is Chaz McCormick, who may or may not play in this series. The other three, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, and then Jeremy Pena is right there on the cusp at 100 flat WRC plus. Everyone else is below that. Alex Bregman at 98, Mauricio Dubon at 97, uh, Cesar, uh, Cesar Salazar at uh, 97, Corey Jolks at 90, Jake Myers at 87, uh, Martin Maldonado all the way down at 48, and Jose Abreu, as you mentioned, their big, big offseason addition down at 46, and David Hensley, who um, has had an increase in his role due to the injury to Altuve, he's only got a 20 WRC plus right now. So this offense really scuffling so far for the Astros and they're dealing with some injuries in their pitching rotation. There's really no better time to catch them than right now. Uh, and they're also you know, coming off of a, a rough series against the San Francisco Giants in which they lost two or three to uh, a fairly mediocre Giants team down in Houston. So hopefully you're able to get back to 500 and then maybe exit the series above 500 uh, with the way that the Astros are playing right now. But pitching matchups are going to be tough, particularly on Friday and, you know, today and, uh, and Sunday when they got Hunter Brown calling for them. I want to talk about that uh, pitching matchup between Brown and, and Miller a little later on in the show. But uh, for now, uh, it, it does feel like even with the way that your offense is playing right now, you should have a, an advantage on the pitching side. You should you should be able to win this series. There is a really good chance that you can win this series against this Astros team. You got to execute ultimately, but they're they're hurting right now. They're a bit hobbled and uh, they're not performing pretty well. So we'll see. So the uh, <laughs> the other thing that I want to talk about here, I, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, the Astros, it, it looked, you know, because they have injuries to Luis Garcia and Jose Arquiti, uh, they had an opening for tomorrow. It looked like that was going to be Brandon Bilak uh, to make that start. But instead, uh, it was announced today that JP France, 28-year-old righty, is going to be making his debut. That's right. JP France is going to make his major league debut against JP Crawford and Ty France. Um he offers a low 90s fastball and a 12-6 curve. That Those are his two primary pitches. And uh, Colby, as we know, the Mariners are great at hitting the curveball right now. So I'm to sure that's going to go great. 
they're also great at hitting the fastball right now or the slider or the cutter or the changeup. Doesn't matter what you throw up there. They're Every probably not going to hit it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah, France is interesting because like you said, it's not an overwhelming fastball, but it does have some run to it. He also has a cutter and a changeup. Um, the stuff is actually pretty good despite the the below average velocity on the fastball. It's actually really good stuff. Uh, he was he was in the top twenty uh, in plus stuff down in AAA. Uh, the issue with France right now is the command and control. He just he will be in the middle of the plate a lot, or he will miss a lot. So. It, it's it's incumbent on the Mariners to be very patient. Wait for a pitch in the middle of the plate that you can drive. Don't chase. Don't help him out. He's got good stuff. You don't want to get to two strikes against him. So you gotta you gotta jump on him early when he makes a mistake. You have to hit it. You have to punish him for it um, because if he gets you to two strikes, he's got a lot of options and the stuff plays up pretty well at the major league level. So you know you don't want to be overly aggressive, but you don't want to just take you know fastballs down the middle of the plate or you don't want to miss hanging uh, curveballs, which is true of any pitcher, but in particular against a guy like France who has good stuff, uh, you really don't want to fall behind. You want to do damage early in counts because he's got the stuff to put you away. So it'll be interesting to see. He is, he's not like Bryce Miller level of prospect, but he's a pretty solid prospect. So we'll see what happens. He is on the older side though. Um, And we know how, you know, stats for older players in the minors really don't mean that much. They really don't. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. see how how they attack uh, how they attack JP France, which is weird to say, but yep. we'll see how they attack him and, and how he attacks the Mariners. And hopefully, you know they don't miss the cookies that they've been missing over the last week or so because you really don't want to you know face down this bullpen down by two or three runs, right. uh, for in particular when you're facing a guy who will give you opportunities to you know hit him hard. Yeah, it's through 19 and a third innings of work down in AAA this year. 26 strikeouts. 11 walks, though. He's walking a lot of guys yep. right now. So hopefully you can work out some uh, some long at-bats. And even if you, you know, because again, these debuts can go com- in completely different ways, right? You could just jump on a guy, just, you know, wax him for like eight runs in the first inning. Or because you don't have any data on him, really. You don't have any film or anything on him. He can just chew through you. So if that happens, at least you should be able to work some long at bats here and get him out of the game relatively quick. Cause I assume that he's also probably on a little bit of a pitch count. Um, and the Astros obviously have one of the better bullpens in baseball, so they won't hesitate to, uh, to go to it if need be. So we'll see. Um, but that certainly is an opportunity for this team. Now there have been many opportunities like this in the past for this team and they haven't done anything with them. So who knows? It's kind of a crapshoot when talking about the Mariners facing guys like JP France. Uh, but in theory, they should be able to jump on him, but we'll see That's ultimately up to them to, uh, to perform. So, all right. Um, I want to talk about Sunday's pitching matchup because that's really exciting. We got a, p- a pitching matchup between two of the more exciting uh, young pitchers in the American League West. Uh, so we're going to go over that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
get to know your uh, getting to know yourself rather can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't feel that your match is suitable for you, no worries. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge discover your potential with better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on mlb today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp help.com slash locked on mlb and you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast again you can catch tonight's game on the mariners hometown broadcast with sirius xm via the sxm app so if you don't have a chance to uh, watch it you can listen to it on there all right Hunter Brown versus Bryce Miller. That's what's currently slated to happen on Sunday. Hunter Brown off to a great start for the Astros, really making up for the lost talent and the injuries that have happened within that Astros rotation. He's currently leading the team, or he's tied for the team lead with Framber Valdez for uh, an F4 uh, with 1.1 F4. He's thrown 34 and two-thirds innings so far. He's running a 25.7% K rate. And he's got a 260 ERA, 284 FIP, 382 X FIP. But that's not who I want to talk about. I want to talk about Bryce Miller, who is coming off of one of the most impressive Major League debuts you'll see. He set a Mariners record with 10 strikeouts, no walks in his Major League debut through five and a third innings of perfect ball, and then finished out with six innings of work on one run uh, ball. But um, this is the real test for him. We talked about this after his start against the A's. This is a real lineup. This is a big boy lineup. Even though that they're struggling right now, you got Jordan Alvarez, you got Kyle Tucker, you got Alex Bregman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What's the plan for Bryce Miller going up against these guys? You got to do what you do best. You know, there, there's a, a tendency to try and outthink the opponent and they think I'm going to do this, but what I'm really going to do is this. And sometimes that works, but is Bryce Miller even equipped to do that? I don't think he is at this stage. So I think you got to stick with what you do best. It's your fastball. Your fastball is your best pitch. You have to focus on locating it. You have to focus on, uh, you know, throwing strikes as cliche as that is. And you can't worry about giving up hits on, on the fastball. You can't now, obviously you still have to mix in the slider and the changeup and all that stuff. So you're not just going to throw 90% fastballs, but I think it's going to be a lot of fastballs. It is your best pitch. It's what you do best. It's the pitch you control the most. So really at the end of the day, if you ask yourself, if you're Bryce Miller, right, and Jordan Alvarez is up with a chance to win the game in the ninth inning, what pitch do you trust that you can throw for a strike and get a guy out with? It's the heater. So just stick with it. Don't change who you are yet um, to, you know, just because you're facing the Astros or the Yankees or whoever. You just got to be true to yourself. And, and especially early in your career, before you kind of develop these counter punches, you just got to stick with your best pitch as much as you can, as much as it makes sense. Uh, so I, I'd say it's it's a very similar game plan to what we saw, um, you know, in Oakland. Maybe a couple more change-ups because Jordan and and uh, Kyle Tucker. 
maybe having a couple of extra big, powerful lefties in there makes you go to the changeup a little bit more. But for the most part, I think you just stick with what works or what has worked for you. And right now, his best pitch by a mile is the forcing fastball. Mm-hmm. Just roll with it. And but and you know, it's gonna be a while. The teams the Astros know, right? The Astros know they're going to see a lot of fastballs. But until you see the pitch come out of his hand, until you see the rise, until you see the run, until you see the pitch, scouting reports really not that useful. So first time around, especially hammer that fastball. Don't be afraid to throw it in fastball counts. It's your best pitch. Trust it. Let it eat and then make your adjustments off of that. But I just don't think you can go in there and be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw 40% sliders in this outing. They'll never see that coming. Yeah. It's like, and you're probably never gonna see the fifth if that's your game plan. So you just gotta stay true to yourself. So some final thoughts on this series before we uh, wrap up here. We talked uh, yesterday about how Teoscar Hernandez is heating up a little bit after being in a really dark place at the plate. Uh, this is a revenge series for him. Technically, he was an Astros prospect when this all began for him. Just saying, just putting that out into the universe. It's more of a revenge series for AJ Pollock, I would say, who we know true. has no love loss for the Astros. That's so, true. Yuli Gurriel is gone, though. The one that he uh, infamously uh, chewed out after yeah. catching a fly ball against. Yep, yep. Sure, but... <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, and obviously, you know, there's there's unsettled business, although winning a series in May means absolutely nothing. It means nothing. Uh, compared to getting swept out of the playoffs. Yeah, let's but, let's not act like Blue Jays fans here. This the series. Yeah. No, it doesn't it doesn't fix anything that happened in October. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, not even close. So they're not they're not equivalent, guys. Um, but no, obviously, you know, it's it's your division rival and and you want to do you want to play well and you really want to take advantage before they're healthy and when they're not playing well, but it's a tough matchup for them. It really is still. Uh, particularly Sunday because Hunter Brown throws a lot of sliders and you know, who can't touch a slider right now with a 10 foot pole, Julio Rodriguez, you know, who's only a little bit better right now against the slider, Teoscar Hernandez. Do you think you're going to win this series with Julio and Teo being zeros at the plate? You're not. So we'll see. To be fair, no one in this lineup can really touch a slider. Yeah, but nobody is chasing sliders 15 feet out of the strike zone like Julio and Teo right now. So, yeah, it's bad. It's it's so yeah. We'll see. You know, it may sometimes all it takes is you know you 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 play the team that you hate or whatever, and it just you focus in a little bit extra, and sometimes that's all it takes. But for the most part. We, yeah. we we yeah. we know the Astros are not going to throw Julio fastball, like we know that. We watched them do it last October. Mm. He saw like two fastballs the entire series. Those are what he got his two hits on. So they're going to throw him a lot of sliders, a lot of curveballs. Uh, they're going to do that to a lot of the Mariners hitters because right now they're really struggling on the off speed stuff. So we'll see. I mean, you have to feel reasonably good about the pitching. It's it's not ideal that you're throwing Marco in this series, but or that honestly you're throwing Miller. Uh, you'd much rather throw as, as weird as it sounds. And I'm sure people in the comments will totally agree with me. You'd rather Robbie Ray be healthy and make this start than, you know, uh, Marco. But and, Colby, and, he gave up a home run yeah, to Jordan Alvarez, the most important <laughs> point of the Mariners season last he year. He did. It's almost like he shouldn't have been put in that situation to begin with. Um, yeah. But, hey, you know, you should use Eric Swanson this series. Oh, Ooh, da, da, da. no, it's okay. We got Gabe Spire. 
So that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Taylor uh, Saucedo for now. And so. one ten. And one ten. Apparently. Yeah. We'll, so we'll real see. Fast, we'll see when that officially gets announced. Two things that I'm I'm gonna address here. One of them oh. is a comment from our last video, which oh, we always no. appreciate. Oh, oh here but, we go. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> and uh by the way, nobody seemed to care about my my Star Wars. It's, there were a couple people. Oh, okay. I didn't, people. I didn't see those, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Nobody yeah, was yeah. too upset that I did the the Star Trek thing at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, that was disappointing. I wanted I wanted someone to get a little heated over that. Darn, that's Star Trek, people, guys. That's not Star Wars. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, nobody took the bait. So whatever. Yeah. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. Uh, the other All one right. is an interesting DFA. We talked about Seth Beer. Uh, well, yesterday. Uh, mm. This one's a little even more interesting. Jonathan Daza DFA'd mm. um, by the Rockies. Now, he's not going to fix your offensive problems. He's, in a lot of ways, very similar to Ty France at the plate. There's not a lot of power. He doesn't hit the ball especially hard, but he does use the entire field, and he does you know, post a batting average. Um, you know, His actual batting average is always going to be better than his expected uh, because he just doesn't hit the ball all that hard, but 270 right now with a 304 on base again, not much, but it's better than what you've been running out there, uh, particularly at the DH spot. Uh, he's an okay outfielder, really strong arm. You can play all three spots, but eh, you'd probably like him better in a corner. Doesn't strike out, uh, doesn't draw a ton of walks though, either. He was better last year, not a lot of power. He's an interesting guy. Um, so I, I, I'd wait and see, uh, that might be something Jerry's interested in. It might not, uh, yeah. but traditionally he doesn't strike out. He doesn't swing and miss, puts the ball in play a lot. He's going to hit 270 and if you can just get him to walk. I don't know, uh, six, 7% of the time, then he's probably going to post an above average above, above league average, uh, on base percentage. Uh, doesn't strike out 16 and a half percent career strikeout rate, but unfortunately only a 6.2% walk rate. And that number is 3.8 this year. So maybe on Jonathan Daza, mm. keep an eye on yeah. that. He's certainly more valuable to you than Sam Haggerty right now. Um, and speaking of, cause in the business, we call this a transition. Mm. This comment. Oh boy. Uh-oh. Left by Berg. Berg. Um, All right. Yeah, Colby is so quick to take a fat, you know what, on Haggerty. I just, I'm, we're not going to get demonetized if I say it. I just don't want the locked on folks. Um, sure. Let's see. I believe he had the second highest batting average on the team last year prior to his injury. The guy needs more at bats and time to find his groove. He's an ideal utility guy with a good glove, great speed, and average bat to ball skills. Okay. Based on what, hold, hold, hold on before before you get going here because I know you and you're gonna get going. I just want to let you know you're at the, we're already at the 31 minute mark. So I, I'm gonna do to you what you always do to me, and you're on the clock now. Go for it. See, I don't think I am because I think you're just gonna let me finish because this is good radio. But uh, anyways, here's the problem with Sam Haggerty. I don't care what his batting average was last year because we saw when he started to play every day last year when the league got a book on him, he started to tank. Haggerty's a nice player. He's a 26 guy on the roster. He's not a good bat. He's hitting 077 this year. He has a 172 on base. 
And he's not an above average bat to ball skill guy. In fact, his K percentage in the majors above league average. He strikes out more than people think so far this year, 24.1 league average, 22.1 last year, 26.4% league average. Again, 22. He doesn't strike. He doesn't make a ton of contact relative to his skill set. So a, he's an average defender. Is he? Is he average? I don't think he is. Not in the outfield. I think he's. I think he's fringe average. But I can't definitively say he's above average. Why? Because he crashed into the net last year and didn't make the catch. Ooh, impressive. I like Sam Haggerty. But stop with this idea that he's just a fixture on this team that you can't possibly do better than. He's not. He's a bench guy. He's organizational depth. You got lucky last year. He caught fire at the right time, right when you needed him to. And kudos mm-hmm. to him for doing that. I think there's a role for Sam Haggerty. Not when he's hitting 077. Not when he's been jumped on the roster by Taylor Trammell and Jose Caballero. Caballero does everything Haggerty does, but better. You don't need Sam Haggerty on this roster. It's nothing personal against Sam. I like Haggerty. He's a fun player. But if you're not going to use him to run the bases because you can't trust him to get an at-bat later in the game, he's your fifth-best outfielder, sixth-best outfielder, and he's not as good defensively as Jose Caballero or as good of a hitter, you don't need both of those guys on this roster. You don't because they're already playing Cabby over Haggerty against lefties. That's Haggerty's role is to play against lefties, and they're not letting him do it. Why? Because he stinks. He's not good. Here's the, here's the upside, though. He has options. You can send him down to Tacoma. You can give him at-bats every single day like you want, and then you can reassess. But in the meantime, having a guy on your bench who you're not going to use, we just talked about this with LaStella, it's not helpful for anybody, including Sam Haggerty. Send him down. Call up Marlowe. Call up Mason McCoy. Call up Mike Ford. I don't care. Call up somebody who, even if you don't think they're going to play a lot, then call up Mike Ford. That's what he's here for. All right. Call call him Moran. Not Sam Haggerty. He's not good. And I spent all offseason trying to tell you guys that Sam Haggerty should not have a guaranteed spot on this roster because he didn't earn it last year. He didn't. I'm sorry. He was good for a month. Whoop-dee-doo. He still strikes out. There's no power. He's really unusable against right-handed pitching, which is only 70% of the league. Stop coddling Sam Haggerty. He's a nice org player. He's fine to have on your bench for a month. He should not be a major part of your plan at any stage of a contention window. You should be able to DFA Sam Haggerty tomorrow and the, you know, just be like, eh, well, you know, oh well. But there's just this cult following of Sam Haggerty. We saw it with Willie Bloomquist a decade ago. They're not that good. Stop trying to protect players who are bench guys. He's a lunch pail guy, though. He, he's a he's a he's you know a what? gym rat. He might as well go up there with a lunch pail and swing swing that because he's got a better shot to get a hit with that than he does a bat right now. He is not yeah. a major league quality player at this moment. That's a fact. I I I agree with Do that. You, yeah, and 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 I was the one that that defended Sam a lot this offseason against you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do agree. So who is and right? I think Kate. And it, okay, yes. No, I'm not. I'm this not is doing information, that, Ty, not affirmation. No, I'm not doing that. Cade Marlowe, uh, to me, would be way more valuable on this roster. And he's showing us some good things down in AAA. 
Mike Ford would be more valuable on this roster right now because he's also doing some really nice things in AAA, but also Marlowe has significantly higher upside. I would like Marlowe on the roster personally. How do you get Marlowe at bats? That's the question, right? That's the... Um, Can you and that's have... why they're probably not going to do it. And that's probably why they're not going to do it. Plus, because if they also don't think that he can hit lefties, then that's incredibly redundant with Tremel at that point. Now you have yeah. two strict outfielders who can't hit lefties, or at least in your mind, can't hit lefties. So that probably doesn't work. There probably isn't a space on on this roster for both of those guys to coexist. Uh, but just in terms of like who the best player is down in AAA, to me, that's Kate Marlowe. Um, so from that aspect, would love him on the roster, but it probably makes more sense to them to go get Mason McCoy. Or pick up Jonathan Daza or whatever. Right. I just how do you fit Taylor Trammell and Cade Marlowe on the roster yeah. right now without an injury? How do you get those two guys enough at bats when you're already trying to get Kelnick, Julio, Teo, yeah. and Pollock? I yeah. feel like you can fit one pretty easily. You can fit Trammell or Marlowe. But yeah. I think if you put two, then you're putting yourself in a situation where one's just gonna sit a lot and that's not really good for the player. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um defensively and, and you know speed wise, yeah, there's a lot of value that Marlowe can bring l- at least late in games, but is that what's best for him? Probably not. So Yeah. Marlowe will get a know. shot. I don't somebody yeah. will get hurt, he, somebody will get traded, something will happen, and Marlowe will get a shot. Yeah. He deserves a shot, I think. Um I mean, especially if he does for now, this for another let, month or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's having a really nice time down in AAA right now, and the K rate is starting to get lowered a bit. So that was the one thing that we really wanted to see because he was striking out almost forty percent of the time down in AAA last last year. Ty, so. Ty, we're already at thirty-seven and a half minutes, bud. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Whose fault was that? Mm. That's gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure it was. Thank you so much for joining us here on the uh, Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And if you made it all this way, let us know what your predictions are for this weekend series. Or just say what's up if you're still here. Thank you again for making us your first listen. But for now, um, I don't know why I said but for now. I was just still in my script and I just read everything that's on my script. I'm basically Ron Burgundy. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend and we'll see you next week. Peace.